Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. So good to be back here at Glad Tidings with all of you. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Just been doing such a great job taking care of me. He's one of these guys who keeps saying, do you need anything? And I'm thinking, I need to get more needy. I need to be more needy. Give Pastor Chris a chance to exercise his gifts. Thank you. Of course, we love uh, Pastor Andy and Lisa, Pastor Lisa, the whole family, and uh, all of the team here. I just, we feel so privileged to be in a relationship with all of you. We really do. And uh, I'm so happy to have my wife with me today. Karina is here. Just a little wave. You don't have to stand. You don't have to do anything. Just, just a little wave. We, uh, we've been in a season of having all of our kids and grandkids over. So we just feel so happy to be here with some adult people. It's great. Uh, <clears throat> I should say that uh, I'm very excited about uh, the direction that the church is headed, the way Pastor Andy and the team are leading. And, uh, but I want you to know that I don't know what the new name is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a bit of a problem. I learn things, and then I tell everybody about it. Uh, I announced one of my grandkids to our whole church before my daughter had had a chance to announce it anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. To the church, his name, what he weighed, everything, you know, and she's like, Dad! I also did it for Jordan Machalski, Pastor Ron's nephew. I was in Winnipeg. I had dinner with Jordan and Lauren the night before church, and uh, <laughs> they're talking. to sh- She was showing. I mean, come on. She was showing. And... And so we're talking about their baby and everything all through dinner. And so I'm preaching, and I said, oh, I had such a great dinner with Pastor Jordan and Lauren last night. We're talking about their baby that's coming. And the whole church literally went, like you could feel the air sucking out of the room. And they hadn't told anybody yet. Yeah, see, there's, oh, going on, yeah. Jordan said his phone lit up like, like a beacon. And, uh, but he forgave me. He actually said, thank you. We didn't know how to do it. So you actually helped us. Pretty gracious, hey? And I respond in those moments, it's the perfect timing of the Lord. That's what it, so anyway, I know I didn't say that. Uh, but anyway, so I don't know all of that to say, I do not know the name of the church and I'm not going to tell you because if Pastor Andy had told me, it would have slipped out today and then I would have been in big trouble. So anyways. Everywhere I go uh, to speak, uh, I take along two books that the Lord has helped me to write. I'm not an author, but I love to help people. And, um, you know, hopefully the message will be okay today and you'll remember some things. But if you would get a book and then invest some time in it, there could be some real life change for you. So the book that I released last year is called Renew Me by Your Spirit. I think I was here once with this book already, but many of you we haven't met or you weren't here. 
this book is about renewing a spiritual passion for the Lord. Um, maybe COVID has been hard on your intimacy with Christ. Maybe it's been challenging. Maybe you feel you're not where you once were and you're not sure how to get back there. Uh, the first half of this, this book, I spend talking about ways that you can draw near to the Lord. I tell you a lot of stories, talk a lot about revival, uh, and if there's a hunger in your life to reignite spiritual passion, then I think this might be helpful for you. The second half of the book is all about how to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. In this church, you'll hear about the Holy Spirit, but maybe you've never personally encountered or have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'd love to help you with that. So I have that book with me. Uh, it's $20. And the, the book that I started with is to help you with your Bible reading. This is a life mission of mine, people. There are so many loud voices in our world these days, so many opinions, so many people who come across totally right on everything. And I feel stronger than ever that if the Word of God is not finding its way to be hidden in your heart, you will be blown about by the opinions of this culture because it's so, so strong. So spending time in your Bible, reading your scriptures, and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, that's the goal. And so this is a, a daily guide to help you. I make some comments and I'm sure that there's someone, at least one or two people in this room, who just recently have been thinking, you know, I've got to get back into the Word. And so I'd love to help you with that. They're both $20. Karina and I will be at the back. We'd love to meet you. I'll write something in your book if, if you'd like. Uh, since I've been traveling, I, I was a pastor until 2014. And then since then, I've been traveling in Canada and around the world. And I, I think I've spoken in over 80 different Canadian churches in that period of time, uh, plus a lot of countries. And an interesting thing started happening um, while I've been traveling. So first happened in Sherbrooke, Quebec. I was going to speak at a little gathering of pastors. Uh, I got picked up by a guy in Montreal. I don't remember his name. It may have been Jean-Guy, Jean-Claude, Jean-Marc, Jean-Paul, uh, something hyphenated, definitely, and uh, bless his heart, he began to tell me all of the reasons why it was going to be a bad meeting, which is not helpful if you're a guest speaker. It's like, oh, not many people coming, you know, it's very fighting, and all these things he's going on, and it's on and on. And then just before we arrived, he said, Pastor, this is a hard place. So, okay, Turns out he was prophetic. It was a terrible meeting. Anyway, um, <laughs> the next time it happened was in Moscow. <laughs> Again, I don't do this anymore. If I get picked up at the airport, I usually ask, can I have a day when there's, you know, a 10-hour time change and all of that sort of stuff. So anyway, but this time I wasn't very smart, so I got picked up in Alada. It's the middle of winter. It's 30 below outside, 100 degrees inside. The car is sweating. I'm sweating. Sergey or Slava or Alexander or Yuri, or that's, I don't know. But anyway, he starts telling me about all the problems of ministry in Russia. He's going on about KGB and he's got the, the Orthodox. And he said, the Orthodox, they are demon possessed. And it's just like stuff like that, you know, which is we're going to my first meeting. I'm, and then just before we arrive, he says, Pastor, this hard place. 
Same, literally the same words. Next time it happened was in a little rural village outside of Lusaka, Zambia. Small, small village, very impoverished. And I went, we did some things. After we did our meeting, the elders of the church took me aside. They said, Pastor, our people are on the verge of starvation. We have very little food. We're in drought. We've just elementary school education. Our young people don't have opportunities. We have floods in the spring. We're cut off by the river for six weeks at a time. We have so many problems. We have very little resources. We need help. We don't have much. This is a hard place. Same words. The next time it happened was in, in Vancouver <laughs> in a pastor's meeting. And these guys started talking to me about how hard it is in Vancouver because of all the resources they do have. We have so much education. We have so much opportunity. We have so many blessings. We can go skiing in the morning and golfing in the afternoon, and our kids are in ballet and, and swimming and baseball and soccer and music lessons and French immersion. and We have too much. It's a hard place to build the church. Isn't that interesting? One country, they don't have enough, so it's a hard place. Another, they have too much, so it's a hard place. The last little story like this, I was arrived in Kazakhstan. I don't remember the city. Again, I got picked up, but I know the guy's name was Pavel. And uh, we had a three-hour journey ahead of us, and Pavel spoke no English, and we'd never met before. So yeah, going to be a good trip. And uh, Pavel, although he did know two words, and they were, wow, super, which means wow, super, right? Yeah. But those are the only two words. So, so we're driving along, and he'd look over at me, wow, super. And then he'd drive a little longer, and wow, super. And then we'd both pray in tongues because we couldn't speak English and we both pray in the Spirit. So we're driving, praying in tongues, and then finally, Vow! Super! And so I just began agreeing, Vow! Super! Yeah. You know, and so I'm thinking this is going to be a good meeting. This one's really going to take. <laughs> well, it turns out there were some authorities and they were against the church. I spoke in a registered church. What I was doing was legal. But they pulled some strings and started a court proceeding against me. And I had to hide out in my host's apartment for three days. I left in the middle of the night, drove to a different city, and flew home, not knowing whether they had blacklisted my passport and would get out of the country. They had to go to court and defend me. If I would have stayed, they said you would have done jail time in Kazakhstan. So it turns out... It was a hard place, too, even though he said, wow, super. <laughs> so there, there are hard places. And you may think that it's been easy for others. The reality is it's never been easy for the body of Christ to take ground or grow. In fact, in the ministry of Jesus, he had some hard places, one of the places that it talks about in Matthew chapter 11, he begins to rebuke some cities. And this is what it says, Matthew 11, verse 20. He began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done 
because they did not repent. Can you imagine the sinless Son of God doing miracles in city after city after city and they don't repent? You'd think it would have been easy for Jesus. You'd think for the apostles after the day of Pentecost, it would have been easy. But persecution broke out against them, and one of the first persecutions resulted in the martyrdom of Stephen, one of the first deacons. And then we hear about the city called Antioch, and they did their first outreach to Antioch, which later became one of the centers of the church. But in their first outreach, it was so challenging that it says they left the city and shook the dust off their feet. The modern missionary movement was founded by a group called the Moravians, Count Zinzendorf. And they sent out missionaries in the late 1600s to the hard places of the world. And do you know the percentage of those who lived was less than the percentage of those who died for the gospel? There are hard places. Maybe, maybe you've been thinking that your family is a hard place or your business, that's a hard place, or your, your finances, your health. We're not the first ones in history to experience hard places. The enemy will always try and discourage and oppose. And every place has unique characteristics that make it hard. Wherever the gospel is proclaimed, there will be accompanying spiritual opposition. The devil is not as faithful as God, but he's faithful too. He will oppose faithfully in every situation. I, I just want you to know that Satan and the hosts of hell have not left Victoria because glad tidings is getting a new name and a new logo. They're not like, guys, GT's changing the name, getting new logos, it's too much for us, we're out of here. Let's give them the city. Let's lay back and let them conquer the territory in Jesus' name. That's not how it works. Anytime we take step for the glory of God, the enemy resists us. It's always that way. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. Jesus warned us and said, in this world you will have troubles and sorrows, but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world in Jesus' name. Amen. And no matter how difficult it is, God is at work and lives are transformed and the gospel does not get stopped. And today in your beautiful city, in every family, every neighborhood, every city, there are people that are seeking, people who are asking questions. There are people that are searching for meaning. Karina and I had our, our daughter uh, and her family, my son-in-law, uh, they pastor the Comox Pentecostal Church daughter's name is Laura, and they were telling me about a beautiful couple who just came to Jesus within the last, came to Jesus during COVID. He is one of the most well-known and successful businessmen in the Comox Valley. And that's a challenge for those who have that level of stature and capacity to humble themselves and come to Jesus. And I love the language that he used. He didn't come in and say, we have decided to allow our lives to be regenerated and empowered through the sanctifying glory of God. He just said, hey, we're in. <laughs> what does that mean? How do we do it? 
but we're in. We don't know what to do. And they gave their hearts to Jesus. God is at work, even during COVID. We're part of the ARC Network, which is Association of Related Churches. We plant churches in Canada. And during COVID, a church, a brand new church, was planted in Fort McMurray. On their launch day, they had over 300 people in church on their launch day. And a church that was launched in Winnipeg during COVID called Rose Church. Both churches are going well, doing fantastic. People coming to Jesus during COVID. And this fall, by God's grace, one in Surrey-Langley area is going to be planted called Citadel Church. And a second this fall is going to be planted in Joliet, Quebec, which will be our first French-speaking church plant in Canada. And you are a part of that. God is at work. People say Quebec is a hard place. Canada is a hard place. But God is at work. He's always at work, and he's doing things that we can't see. You need to know that the Holy Spirit is always at work, always doing things. So are there hard places? Yes. Maybe you're in a hard place. We get it. But what can we do about it? Well, I want to give you three things today. The first, I want to challenge you to speak, to begin to speak and act with faith. Instead of speaking negatively, instead of talking about the work of the devil, instead of excusing ourselves from action because it's hard, instead of delaying because it's difficult, instead of complaining and whining, saying this is a hard place, instead of saying all the reasons why not, all that's gone wrong, instead of saying everything that's wrong with Victoria, we just have so many flowers how can you build a church with that many flowers? <laughs> Tourists, who even lives here? They're from, you know, Victoria. We can't do it. It's hard. Instead of that, I want to call you today. Where you work, in your family, with your health, to change your language and to begin to develop and narrate by faith a heavenly perspective instead of an earthly perspective. And a heavenly perspective says, this is a blessed place. The world perspective is, this is a hard place. But a person full of faith and knowing the goodness of God says, no, this is a blessed place. It's an open place. The Lord will give it to us. The people are not harder to reach here than in other places of the world. These are people Jesus died for. It's not more difficult here. The Holy Spirit is not weaker in this city than other cities. He has not left my neighborhood or my city, no matter how many flowers there are. The gospel transforms people in the same way in every city, in every generation. God is at work. This is a blessed place. This is a place God loves. This is a place where the fields are ripe for harvesting. This is a place where there is very good soil. Start to see it through God's eyes. How does God see this city? How does he see your life? How does he see your family? He sees it from an intention to bless. That's his heart. That's his intention. See your finances through the eyes that God see them. Today, God is looking for some people who will persevere when there's opposition, who continue even when it's discouraging, people that will stand firm when others fall down. Friends, the testimony of history and the promises of God 
confirm today that God is always at work. And if God is at work in this place and your life, then it's a blessed place. I might not see how it's all going to end. I might not know the whole story yet, but I can tell you if your life is aligned with God, it's a blessed place and you will see it. You will see it come to pass. So I want to challenge you to listen to this from Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here's a description of a blessed life. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your businesses will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards, the provision for your households will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. I want to call you to change your perspective today. Some of you, you've just gotten used to being negative during COVID and the glass is half empty all the time. And whether it's our political leaders or the medical people or this or that or the other thing, I don't know. But a negative perspective does not line up with the promises and the faithfulness of God. We're hopeful people. We're expectant people. We're believing people because we have a God who specializes in impossible things. That's why. So I, I, want, I want, I don't know if you can do it. Because, you know, this is Victoria, and uh, there's the flowers and everything. There's so much going on with that. But, and we love them, by the way, honestly. Last night we're driving into to town, and we're just ooing and aahing. Karina's like, oh, there's Lobelia, and there's this, and that's the other thing. And chrysanthemums, and everybody's just, you know, I love all those names. And anyway, we do love it. But I, I want to ask you to say with me, this is a blessed place. No, not yet. <laughs> You're so eager. I love that. I want you to use your outside voice, which is when your grandchild runs into traffic. You know that? You don't usually go, oh, Rocco, excuse me. Uh, there's a bus coming. And it's very dangerous. Oh, Rocco. You know, you go, Rocco, stop! That's your outside voice. So you don't have to do it quite that loud, but I, I, I really think that you can be louder than the first service. And they did really well. So are you ready? On the count of three, this is a blessed place. This is a blessed place. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And when you drive through your city today, could you say that a few times today? When you pull into the driveway of where you live, could you say this is a blessed place? Tomorrow when you go to work, instead of complaining and whining, walk through the door and, and say to yourself, this is a blessed place because God is at work. The second thing I want to give to you this morning is this thought that if you personally are in a hard place, God has promised that he'll go through it with you. Listen to this scripture, Isaiah 43, and notice the number of times the word through is used. God says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. Brothers and sisters, 
somebody in a hard place in your life right now. Maybe you got a phone call about your health. Maybe your marriage broke up recently. It's a hard place. Maybe through COVID, your business has really struggled. It's a hard place. Can I tell you that Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit will be with you and will be in you, that the Holy Spirit is with you right now. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. We are not forgotten. You will go through this in Jesus' name. That's the promise of Scripture. You might not go around it. You might not avoid it. You might not get away from it, but you will go through it with Jesus' help. And you'll be able to give a testimony of his faithfulness and his goodness. You're going to go through. So somebody today needs to walk out of here saying under your breath, I'm going through in Jesus' name. I'm going through it in Jesus' name. The final thought this morning is that the hardest place is often our heart. Our hearts can get hard. They can get crusted over and sort of cynical and bitter. Life throws curves at us and we get thrown off. Maybe someone here today is saying, you know, Pastor Brent, my heart is a hard place. Sin hardens our heart. If you feel distant from God today, in love, I just say, look at your life. Is there sin? It doesn't have to be. It's not the only reason, but it's a reason. Disappointments. Maybe you had a dream, and your dream didn't work out the way you thought, and you just gotten kind of cranky. Maybe, maybe somebody ripped you off betrayed you, hurt you, slandered you. Maybe you got a hard heart because you were a part of a church one time and things got messy and there was a big fight and people got hurt. Somebody lied and you've got a hard heart toward his bride now. Somebody maybe has a hard heart toward God. You think, how could he do that to me? Why didn't you answer? I think a hard heart is the worst thing because nobody can see it, but the symptoms are everywhere. Stubbornness, rebelliousness, a wounded heart, a negative, cynical heart. The been there, done that, that that'll never work hard. I work with uh, a lot of young pastors. It's crazy how it happens. Earlier in my life in ministry, everybody told me I was too young to do stuff. <laughs> I don't get that anymore. <laughs> now, most of the time, I'm the oldest guy in the room. I don't think that's true today because I think Ron Machalski's here somewhere. And he I want to say to those of you who've been living for Jesus a while and those of you who are younger, one of the indicators of a soft heart is soft eyes. 
Eyes that don't flash with anger and criticism. Eyes that tear up when somebody comes to Jesus and gets baptized in water. Eyes that rejoice that young people are doing crazy stuff for God, even if we don't get it. My, my dad, some of you knew my dad. He pastored here for a while with Pastor Ron. And uh, he came back and joined my staff for a season. And he was our seniors pastor. And, but he loved seeing young people serve God. And we had this crazy revival season in our church. And we're all dancing around the front. And it was wild. You know, we're just going for it. And dad got caught up in it one night. He was in like his 70s, at the mid-70s mid at this point. So he started kind of, you know, whatever a guy that age does. And uh, he sort of stumbled over a step and kind of had to sit down on the platform. And he came to me afterwards. He said, yes, so I was dancing before the Lord with abandon tonight. <laughs> and it uh, didn't go well. I stumbled and had to sit down. But I'm not, uh, I'm not daunted by that. I'm going to continue to dance before the Lord. I'm just changing my technique. I said, okay, Dad, what's the, what's the new dance move? He said, it's this. And he did it like for 30 seconds, just, just looking at my eyes, just kind of saying. He said, it's not as exuberant, but Jesus knows. He knows my heart. He had soft eyes. You see that? He loved the things of the Lord. He loved what God was doing. I want to have soft eyes. When somebody that's been bound up in sin and drugs or whatever, somebody that's been hopeless, somebody that's been lost, like, like my businessman friend I told you about in Comox, somebody who just says, I'm in. Don't know what it means. Do you have soft eyes? It's an indicator of a soft heart. I mean, you don't have to cry all the time, but you ought to cry sometimes. So someone here has a hardened heart. I want to encourage you by the word of God, Ezekiel chapter 36. God says to you today, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. That's what I want. A heart of flesh that can receive the spirit of God and live through life with soft eyes because of a soft heart. Some of you, you need to ask Jesus to soften your heart with the oil of the spirit today and find the joy of the Lord again, which is your strength. Maybe let go of some of those things that have hurt you, crusted you over, caused you never to take a risk again. Let Jesus heal you today and set you free. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to just take one more moment and speak to some people in the room who are on a spiritual journey, but you haven't yet taken an actual step of faith to pray a prayer to invite Jesus to come into your heart to surrender your life to God's love and make him the king of your heart. 
You've been maybe gathering information, maybe trying to seek answers for your questions, which are such a good thing to do. But can I say it in love? You'll never have all your questions answered. At some point, you're going to have to trust your heart because that's what interacts with God's Spirit. And there's someone here today and your heart is saying, I want to know this God. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to know that I'm ready for heaven. I want to be accepted in the family of God. I want to be healed up of the brokenness in my life. I just don't want to be afraid anymore. Whatever it is that's going on in your heart, the Holy Spirit is here, and that's His voice drawing you to the love of God. And so if you've never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus, I'd love to help you with that in just a couple of minutes. And if you want to pray that prayer with me for the first time, in a moment, I'm going to ask you just to show me by lifting up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I just want you to take a step of faith. There are other people here, and you've drifted away from God. You know beyond any doubt you're not where you ought to be with God. You're not where you want to be with God. And today, you're like the prodigal. You want to come home. You want to come home. You're not going to be condemned and judged. Maybe you're a little smelly like the prodigal was, but you're going to be accepted. Come on home today. So if you're one of those two categories for the first time or returning to Jesus, I wonder if you'd take a first step before we pray and say, yes, I want to say that prayer with you, Pastor, and just hold up your hand right now and say, yeah, I want to pray that prayer. Yes, sir. Bless you. Yeah, over here. Yes, ma'am. Just keep putting them up. Yeah, down here. God bless you. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I haven't looked in the balcony. If you're in the balcony, put it up one more time, would you? Yeah, way up there. One, two, three, four. Thank you, Jesus. Over here. God bless you, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Church, there ought to be some some eyes filling up here, way at the back. God is moving on people's hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, ma'am, down here at the back. Everyone that lifted your hand, God bless you so much. Such a great decision. I'm going to help you with the prayer. I want you to pray it from your heart. I'll help you with the words. And GT, 11 o'clock, would you pray with me to encourage these friends? And then after we pray, Pastor Chris is going to give you a next step to take. Like my friend, I'm in, but what now? So the first step is just a simple prayer. Are you ready? We'll all pray it together. Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I invite you into my heart. I say with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I believe you rose from the dead. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean.
and help me to live for you from this day on in Jesus name and all the church said a good amen amen let's celebrate together so good Pastor Chris, are you coming? Somebody coming? All right, they're going to sing. James, by the way, worship team, just amazing today. Fantastic. Why don't we stand up, everybody? And remember, this is a blessed place, right? And that you're going to go through it, and that we're going to have soft eyes, not a hard heart. God bless you.